Hello, my name's Karen and welcome to the Small Business Britain podcast. This is the final episode of our first series of podcasts, but don't panic, we are back next week straight away with series two, which will explore a different small business topic each week and we can't wait to get it out there. We've had a great chat today with Luke Quilter, who is the founder of Sleeping Giant Media, a digital marketing agency based in Kent that is celebrating 12 years in business this month, which is a wonderful achievement, especially in the current times. Um, Luke was chatting about his business story, how he started, like a lot of small businesses, you know, full-time job in the day, then working all the hours in the evening to get things underway before making that big leap. He talked to us about the power of digital marketing at the moment, especially for small businesses, and how he's managing as a leader and a manager with a you know a workforce of fifty plus, with furloughed staff, with staff coming back to work. You know, there's challenges that that's facing. So let's get chatting to Luke. So hello, Luke. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. Absolute pleasure. So let's start, as they say at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about you. You know how you got into the digital marketing world, um, why your business is called Sleeping Giant Media? We've got so many questions. So many questions, right. Okay, <laughs> start the start. Um, so we're now 12 years old. So we, we started, um, I went to university, I studied marketing. I was really fascinated by um, by marketing and really trying to understand behavior and understanding people. Um, sort of following that, I went to work for a company called Holiday Extras, which specializes in airport parking and hotels. And at the time of joining those guys, they were very much the, at the forefront of digital because it's such a transactional purchase when you're buying airport parking. It's it kind of it's not something that you really dwell on. It's that is a case of okay, yeah, cool, <laughs> and then you click a button and you and so and then you go how much exactly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and so they were actually spending quite a lot on their digital space. And I went for a number of jobs there, and I didn't get the jobs that I went for. But then I got a call to say, can you come in and help with um, what was called at the time the harvesters? Um, and that was essentially a team that picked out relevant keywords. So if they thought, if you thought it was a relevant keyword, you put it in a, into the kind of relevant pot. And if it was irrelevant, mm-hmm. you did kind of do that. And it fascinated me because it was it was the first time, rather than using um, the, the marketing skills where you have to, to a degree, take educated guesses about the behaviors mm-hmm. and what you want, but you actually see it with data. So you get the access to the search terms that people are using, and then you create um, advertising and marketing campaigns based around the, the user's behaviors and needs wants that they are they are telling Google and thereby you. And so it absolutely fascinated me. And and I got really into that working obviously with with those guys. And it kind of came to the point where I've been there for about three years and I and I, I felt that the agencies that we were working with at the time weren't really doing the they weren't doing the best at putting customer service and digital together it was almost mm-hmm. you had some that were great and very friendly but didn't get the technical and then you had some that were very technical that couldn't explain it and i found that there's right. there's an opportunity to create an agency that that could do both and that was almost the origins of sleeping giant media that was the idea behind it is creating an agency mm. that by default you have to be technical you have to understand that you know that industry but then mm. communicating it in a in a language in a way that that can that clients can get um, seemed to be challenging for some, and I think that's what we try to try to do with Sleeping Giant yeah. Media, and that was that was uh, yeah twelve years ago on the I think the twenty fourth of September, so we're coming up to our wow. twelve year anniversary. <clears throat> Congratulations! What an achievement! And 
when you decided this is what you wanted to do and you, you saw that gap in the market, as it were, did you go there alone or did you rope in business partners? How did it work? Yeah, so actually I I started with a business partner called Anthony, who's still my partner, and we started um, both of us at Holiday Extras. So it was kind of... Uh, right. It was... We were able to, uh, so we, we, I was owned, I owned a house, um, or share owned a house with a, with another friend. I rented the room to Anthony, and basically we would finish work, go home, work on the business in the evenings and the weekends, and kind of rinse and repeat and do yeah. that. Um, I also, I also studied a, um, a master's in the, in that time as well, because, um, oh long story short, my wife at the time was my, my girlfriend, and she uh, lived in Germany. So I did a long distance right. relationship. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to mm. bury myself in combination of work business startup and uh, education and and so busy busy few years but that really was the foundations for sleeping giant media because it you, you know we were working around the clock relentlessly yeah um and then we did that part-time until we were at the point where we felt we could make a leap to do it full-time which was you know a few clients on board mm-hmm. um and enough to sort of to mean that if our salaries then dropped off as they would if we, we went full-time we, we weren't in a complete financial yes. uh you know sort of disaster situation so that that was kind of um we we yeah we, we sort of and made the leap first uh, then i made the leap about two weeks later um and then we we've worked in the dining room because my pet my parents I, I managed to sell my half of the house move to my parents house right. and then um, work in a dining room and uh and that's how yeah that's how the uh, the business went full time <laughs> Isn't it brilliant? And we hear these stories all the time of these, you know, crazy working schedules where you're doing a full time job in the day, coming home, working till midnight. And isn't it wonderful thinking back to those days of of doing that, you know, putting that that work in? And you know, she married you. So well, exactly. Well. Yeah, I don't know why, but she did. And um, and it, yeah, and it's it's great because. Uh, it was, was was kind of strange as well, which is you know, obviously I probably probably talk about it soon. But like the the last three mm. four months, it feels like things have gone a little bit full circle because obviously yeah. I'm now in a dining room again, <laughs> um, and actually the business that was successful before, so for the last twelve years, mm. isn't necessarily the business that's going to be the, uh, successful yes. for the next twelve years. So it's that reinvention, that restart up, um, mm. and trying to do new things that that actually you know we we. We, you know, we wouldn't have done six months ago or three mm. months ago because there was no need to do it, but now there is. And so actually, for me, it feels like a lot of similarities to those early years where, again, you're, you know, you're trying things, you're failing, you're yes. learning new skill sets, you're working harder to stand still. There's, you know, it's those mm. sorts of things that I've, I've kind of feel like the startup of 12 years ago yeah. has happened again six, over the last six months. <laughs> I bet, I bet. And how, how does it feel? Are you sort of having the reminiscence of, you know, the fear and the excitement and this this change that's coming, like you were saying, you know, are you sort of looking forward to it? Are you fully ready or are you a little bit, you know? Fully ready. There's a big word. Oh, a couple of big <laughs> words there. I think, um, I don't know, if there's anybody that would be fully ready, and I'd love to meet them if yes, they are, but exactly. I, think, uh, <laughs> I think we, we, uh, we now... I think over the last twelve years, we've we've seen so many changes and so many kind of ups and downs and, and you know challenges that that businesses face. That the, the position we want to be in with our with our kind of our mental state is a feeling of of not necessarily being ready, but knowing that we can adapt, and that mm-hmm. feeling of being able to be flexible and ready for whatever the changes might be. I don't know what they are, so I can't be we can't be fully ready as an organisation mm. for for the end game or whatever that might be. But we can equip ourselves to be quicker to change and more agile and ready for for whatever that might um yeah. look like so i think and i think that's what we we've done quite well over the last um probably three or four years is really trying to sort of make the organization 
um, as we've got bigger, sort of devolve the sort of decision making into management teams so that mm. there's not just sort of a bottleneck approach or yes. scenario where it all has to go through one or two people. Mm. It's down to the managers to make those decisions, which allows us to be flexible, agile and move much faster yeah. should, should changes occur. So in terms of positivity, we're, we you know we bring we bring a lot of positivity to this because there's been really really rubbish things happened and it's been mm. really tragic on, on on a lot of levels. Absolutely, mm. but there's so much opportunity that's out there as well. And and I think as business owners, you can either you know dwell on the bad and that doesn't mm. work out well, or you can just kind of go right. How are we going to make the best out of this situation? And that isn't just the coronavirus situation that mm. is that is business that is yeah. has always been business and it's trying to have that positive approach to every situation and every piece of bad news rubbish feedback you're like okay what's the opportunity how Absolutely. do I make something out of that which is um which we're excited about great and I think yeah you think you hit the nail on the head there positive mindset is a powerful thing isn't it very um, much so so we talked, you mentioned there a little bit about when things maybe go a little bit wrong. If you do have a little bit of negative feedback or something hasn't quite, you know, gone. And over 12 years, I imagine, I'm sure it's mostly been very, very positive and wonderful, but I'm sure it's not been plain sailing the whole time. You know, how, as a business, have you sort of steered that ship when things have maybe not gone to plan? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean... Firstly, yes, most most of it has been positive, which is fantastic. Which is, I think, you know, why why we've been able to grow over that, yes. that period of time, which is, which is great. But it, you know, that you remember the negative, oh, always. <laughs> um, always. because you take it personally, because it's your you know it's your mm. business, and you want it to be brilliant, and you don't want it, you know, you don't want those anyone to be upset or at any mm. point because you because you know how hard you've tried to try to to get it to that point. Um, and I think you know what what you have to do, and, and you know. What we certainly try to do is is be take that feedback objectively, um, mm-hmm. and this is this is me telling myself this. By the way, this isn't saying that I get this right all the time. Um, this is me with my internal monologue to say, don't take it personally. Um, but we're crying see, in the corner, yeah. Exactly, yes. I've tried to develop over the twelve years of my sort of role is that. Um, is the is the emotional balance is the mm. emotional stability. I think when when I was started it, so I was twenty four when I started, it, and I was probably. I was the person I needed to be at that point where you're a bit more kind of emotional. So you were kind of like, right, I'm going to prove people wrong. And right. you know, it's like that kind of sort of mentality. And that kind mm. of got us started. But I think that doesn't, that's not sustainable. And it's not necessarily something that you want for the whole length of it. And it's, you can't be that person mm. as the business gets bigger. Um, so it's trying to kind of have a balance of emotions. So that if, if there is something negative, it's like, okay, right. And then start picking it apart, understanding the, the bits that have led to that. And often, you know that you know talk about empathy empathy is such an important mm. aspect of leadership in in and trying to put yourself in the shoes of someone else to go right okay from their perspective i can see that that would have been upsetting yeah. let me resolve that and then kind of you can get past that bit mm-hmm. so i think it's trying to be objective and it's also trying to bring some empathy to that and that's what we've yeah. we've tried to do but i mean there's been yeah, lots of challenges over the years that um, <laughs> there are yeah. some bumps in the road that, that you have to kind of deal with. And, <laughs> you know, that, that's part of, part of the fun, I guess. Of course it is. And I think any business that's been as long as, you know, going as long as you guys have that haven't, uh, probably lying. <laughs> <We've all had laughs> or the they road, don't know, we? or they haven't, they haven't asked the question. <laughs> that's the thing. I think, you know, partly we found, you know, this is, this is one of the things is obviously we ask those questions. So we ask course, for feedback yeah. all the time from our team, from yeah. our clients. And, you know what happens if you ask people like you know what can we do better? They tell you. Of course and, they and, do. You if you know, don't want the answers, you shouldn't ask. Exactly, but you need to ask in order to make it better. Mm. So it's kind of you got to deal with that that feedback and and do it, yeah. take it in a in a positive way. 
Absolutely. And I think being empathetic, like you said, is just such a positive and insightful way of being because people are coming at it from very different angles and re- different reasons, aren't they, a lot very of the time. So. Yeah. so we I would like to talk about, obviously, the C word, COVID, what's happened. It's been a really tr- you know, tough time, tough few months for a lot of people. Um, and you've got a workforce, you've got members of staff. How has that been? I know that you've made... Uh, a few furloughed, some are still on furlough, you know, how's that going at the moment and what's been your experiences? Yeah, um, so that it's, it's been challenging for sure. I, I think, um, so as, a, as an organisation, we we work across different sectors. So we, we have some clients that have, um, you know, have overnight success. So like, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of um, anti-back hand cream type businesses that are suddenly really, you know, very in demand. Mm-hmm. Then you've got some that have seen a positive surge during the lockdown, i.e. anyone who has garden furniture, um, anything to do with um, doing things around your house, because obviously people have been around the house. And then on the other side of that, there's um, overnight completely drop off. So any travel related, you know, mm. um, businesses have, have seen a real decline. And then there's some that are in the middle, which I would classify um, us as sleeping giant media, um, where some of our clients have taken a hit, some of them are, are positively impacted, and therefore we probably sit down in the in the, in the middle point. So. The early stage is very scary because you've got a lot, of, a lot of businesses just pulling the plug, just going, look, we can't afford to do it. We mm. don't know what's going to happen next. And then, you know, which, which is, again, totally understandable. Everyone's trying to cut those costs and look at what they can do. Um, and so that then meant that we had to move to using furlough to, to cover our bases. We had to put um, a large chunk of the business, well, 2021, 20, I believe, initially on on uh, furlough. That's out of, out right. of 55. And we're now down to um, five and six people, I believe we're, we're at now. Um, so we got, we're getting it to the, the point where we want to be. And I think it's it's really tough. I mean, it's tough for the people left in the business. It's tough for the people who have gone on furlough. Mm. I mean, it it's just it's just challenges you know everywhere and it's and they're very mm. different challenges and trying to ensure that you're communicating effectively with them i think you know that's what we certainly what we've tried to do is our, do our best at trying to be as transparent as we can as an organization with our thinking yeah. um which you know which, which i think we can do but the, the challenge you have is there's so many unknowns so you know you also want to be really on, really honest because you kind of you don't want to say to people guys it's all going to be fine We're, you know it's all great you know because actually yeah nobody knows know. and and you know mm. we've got kids going back to school this this week uh, my two are going mm-hmm. back tomorrow you know oh, good yeah. um and you know who knows where we're going to be in two three weeks four weeks time where you know perhaps yeah. everybody suddenly coming together is it might spark something up you know it, it could be a problem so it, it's very difficult to sort of to give people reassurance um in in the sort of in a sort of finite sense to say this is what will happen because there's so many variables at play mm. but what we've tried to do is communicate effectively to say this is how we are reacting to those changes this is what we plan to do there are objectives of these and and keep people up to date with that it's not saying it's easy though I bet it isn't and I imagine almost having like a bit of an open door policy as well where people feel that they can come and and speak to you and share any issues or worries that they yeah, have must be very absolutely. reassuring. So we do a um, every Friday we have um, a sort of a time slot for anyone on furlough that can dial in and talk about it. They're, everybody's invited right. in to talk on our company catch up on a Friday. We have mm. um, daily stand ups. So the so the the communication channels are there for the guys that are on furlough if they want to join. But at the same time, I think one of the things we realised early on is that if they weren't okay and they just wanted to almost you know, just step back because I think it's quite challenging to be almost told, look, we, you know, 
not that we don't want them and not that we don't need them, but we, but, but at the moment we just, just can't. can't. And so it's a really mm. tough mental challenge for those people on furlough. And so we actually sort of realised early on, rather than some people wanted to be still involved in the business and some people just wanted to switch off for it mm. for a while. And I think we had to be respectful of of people's feelings and go you know what that's okay it's all right to be like that that's not a problem at all it's as you say we're in uncharted territory in that way aren't we we've not experienced this before and I imagine as a member of staff you don't know how you're going to react to that so you have to be ready as a leader don't you this is it and you know you think I think you know it's difficult to know because everyone's situation is very different you know I'm very fortunate I have a lovely garden and and that's not the same for everybody and actually you know lockdown for me is okay because I've got a little office room that I'm sort of that I can set up and and you know, and a lot a lot of people I speak to are the same, but then there's a lot of people that aren't. They, you know, they've got a dining room table, they're in a lounge, they're, you know, living with in parents. A shared house or exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not it's not as quite as as simple and as easy for some as others. So I think it's it's a real challenge to ensure that there's again, there's that empathy, understanding of of those current mm. situations and, and trying to ensure that as a business you're you're adapting to 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 help them in any way that you possibly can. And that you know, doesn't come in a set size or a set shape. It has to be kind of almost dictated by by them, led conversation led by them and, and yeah. trying to encourage them to talk about it. Because again, people <laughs> sometimes very reluctant to, to show weakness as well. Absolutely. It's a real test of leadership at the moment, isn't it? And I, you know, you're learning mm. as you go. And so the future for you, as much as we can predict it, you're thinking you still have an office space and you'll still have remote working and, and, and balance that as you as yeah, you can. So we, we think um so so we we've worked really effectively in a remote environment and I, I think we were ever too um worried about the remote element for what we do because it's it's very much kind of internet based. There's there's no uh, mm. we, we've been kind of cloud-based since the sort of the, the you know the, the day one so it's not it's never been a we, ne- we didn't have a transition problem you know when it came to the 23rd of March um we were already working from home because we made the step a couple of weeks early mm-hmm. um, so the transition hasn't been a problem it's it's the culture bit that we we kind of you know was our, our is our concern I guess um and it's a case of I think having a, a balance between work uh, so as in office life and also working from home, I think will be the, the kind of the, the key to success um, mm-hmm. going forward. So we, we plan to keep the office space, probably look at how what the utilisation of it will be. So how, how how we will differently use it. We won't necessarily sit in the kind of the desk format. I think it'd be more for kind of gatherings when we're allowed to. Um yeah. But at the same time, let people work from home. And we're also going to, we're looking at flexi time as well. We're going to roll that out. Um, right. Again, something that we were reluctant about more from our clients' perspectives. Um, but I think that what we've seen over the last three to six months is actually people being a lot more accepting of, of family life as part of work life. I think there was, historically, yeah. there was always a divide. Um, and I mm. think that actually there's much more acceptance on every single level of organisation that life yeah. happens regardless of deadlines and as long as an organization can create a system and a structure to prevent any um things slipping through whilst that person's away then it's acceptable for that to be to to have that life balance so we're going to be looking at flexi time we already do unlimited holidays so we've already we've already kind of been doing that for quite some time um and we're just looking at how we can kind of adapt our other benefits because a lot of them are office based we have Mm. you know free uh, free drinks, uh, pool table, you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, uh, which you can't really do at home as easily. So, <laughs> Not as easily, but I mean, I'm sure we could give it a good go. But, I, you know, I think that's a wonderful one. And isn't that um, almost like a phoenix from the flames coming up that, you know, that flexible working is is accepted now, that clients have got that insight that 
and the acceptability that if if things are needed and needed to mm. shift, that's okay. So you know, it is this new understanding, a new way of working, which you know is a is a good inclusion. So we haven't even talked about digital marketing yet, <laughs> which is what you do. Um, so business owners, and especially this audience, which are you know um, small independent business owners, mm. digital marketing is a big thing, and there's been a big focus on it because people have had a lot more time to think about it, to plan it. What have you seen and what have you experienced there? Have you had a lot more inquiries? Have you had a lot more people wanting to know about SEO and about, you know, how they can have that digital footprint for their business? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's... I mean, there's, there's some businesses I wanted to um, to sort of mention who were doing some great stuff, actually. So I, I've done, yes, I'd, please um, do. I started a, um, the, a sort of self-defense course called Krav Maga just before everything kind of kicked off. And um, that wasn't a pun, by the way, the kicking off. Um, <laughs> it's, what are they called? <laughs> it's called Krav Maga. It's kind of like a martial art, but it's more about really kind of practical how you defend yourself. So it's more rather than a kind of a competitive uh, like karate, which is obviously more around a sort of a, a sport. Um, yeah. And so, and those guys obviously suddenly had this real challenge of how to deliver that. And they did a fantastic job of delivering all the content um, via Facebook Live, which was awesome. You know, there's, there's businesses make, you know, thinking about how to do it differently mm. and making it work. Um, and yeah, I mean, and digital is such a, such a powerful platform for people to do this. And small businesses particularly have such an opportunity to look at their local SEO, how do they rank for um, the, the search terms related to the people that are coming in? Because again, at the moment, before you go and get your hair cut, before you go and do anything now, you have safety questions. You mm. have questions that you never had before. And so there's such an opportunity for businesses right now to be thinking about all the questions, the new questions that everybody yep. will be asking about how they run their businesses. Is it going to be safe before they even enter the store? And if you can get that content on your website you've got a great opportunity to to get more business and, and new clients yeah. coming in as well so but you will you'll huge. go over any competitors to the one that's giving you the right information and it's more up to date won't you because people are nervous well yeah well i mean google will, will also um you know do their best to try to find sort of more specific answers to the to the searchers questions so you know if you if you're talking about um you know socially distanced bars or socially distanced drinks you know if you are writing content and you say socially distanced in it you've got a much better chance of outranking someone that doesn't use the word socially distanced really yeah so it's and would you say then so say i had a shop hmm. and i was wanting to talk about how i have put socially distant measures in place everything i've done you know the sanitizing my staff etc would you house that on my website and on my social media as well just put it everywhere yeah, I would do, yeah i would have content talking about it and i would i would also and um, a really important one at the moment is um, google my business as well so the local mm-hmm. listings that you can you can have really really important to update that as well with all of that and, okay. and also the other bit i would say that we've been we've been working with clients is getting really up-to-date reviews because right if you can get reviews in the last couple of weeks they're they're obviously incorporating the safety yes. aspects and that from a, a, another user's perspective, when you see a review where it's like, "Oh, I went to the shop and I did," I said the same to my hairdresser. Yeah. Because I, I, on his website, he was like, "Oh yeah, business as usual." I went there and because I, I was a bit nervous, I was like, "Well, I don't think it should be business as usual." Yeah. I went there and they've got all the safety stuff. That, you know, they did a you know a really really good job of it. And I was like, I was like, "There's this." I was like, "There's nothing on your website that tells me this." And so I wrote a review mm. for him. I was like, "Oh, all the safety stuff is here, you know to try to help." Yeah highlight to anyone else looking that actually they're not going to turn up and realize it's business as usual that they know that they're being someone's made an effort to make it safe which is really important right now it's massive isn't it because you know 
people are scared and they, they're quite worried about where to go. Yeah. And like you said, it's reassurance, isn't it, of knowing that you're you're in safe hands, as it were, Very much so. when you go out. So from a digital marketing perspective then, that is a big thing, isn't it? And, and what would you say to people that maybe don't have a physical space or a physical business that are, you know, online or digital only? How can they really up their game in a digital marketing world at the moment? Yeah, we, we talk um, a lot about um, personal branding. I think this, this sort of the um, the COVID situation has made us all have a bit, having an opportunity to connect with people on a personal level because it's such a pers- personal situation that's affected everybody in mm. every aspect and every place in the world pretty much. Um, and so actually this is a time not for faceless corporations and kind of um mm. you know businesses that are, it's about people and so if i think the businesses that you know that aren't doing much around personal branding or showing their team bringing that to life and showing that actually they're real people that's a massive opportunity in addition yeah. to that there will also be new search terms that people will be using so if you're a delivery service or if you're a um you know if you're anything that you're purchasing people are still interested about how you are handling that is it, is it a kind of a contactless payment is it contactless delivery okay. all those sorts of questions so so make that really clear so there's ex- exactly loads of opportunity to harness those keywords that people are searching for and if you did a you know if you do a search for um covid friendly that's gone up massively um as a, okay. as a search term so you know covid friendly meeting rooms has gone up significantly because interesting that's what people yeah. are looking because for. people are event venues for yeah. events or just yeah because people are sort of wanting to reconnect aren't they but they're very hesitant so the, the word that go. people seem to be using is covid friendly um and covid covid secure covid friendly socially distanced so if you you know think about all of your products all of your services mm. and then look at them from the, those types you know appending those search terms or onto that yeah. there's a good chance that you've got a better chance of of ranking because that's what people will be searching for and again it might be a way that you you outsmart some of the big boys because some of the big boys mm. you know um have more budget and they can and they can kind of potentially do more but actually if you you know your the smaller businesses out there have massive opportunities in the digital space. They're interested in a customer base potentially that's got a 30 mile mm-hmm. radius around their, their store or the physical location. So, yeah. you know, you can target that area um, with content, with you know, paid search, with social yeah. media. Um, and do it much more effectively than the big boys because it's not on their radar. They're not, you know, they're not yeah. going to invest the same amount of time and effort onto that because they they want to do it more on a national and a broader level. So yeah. So you could Huge. really own your local area by having that local knowledge Absolutely. and that insight and knowing exactly who your yeah. audience is around you. Yeah, completely makes sense. So that's a great tip. COVID friendly, get it on Absolutely, everything. yeah. You've already mentioned one small business, which is fantastic, but we always ask for another recommendation if you've got any more yeah. we'd love to mention. Maybe one that you've been working with or one you've been really impressed with. I mean, there's, there's millions, but anything. There's lots, yeah. One was Wellbeing People. They've done uh, So there's an organisation, they do lots of mental health and they've moved to like online okay. delivery. We, we were involved in one of their, their courses, which is fantastic. Um, and not really a small business, but a cool business, which is BrewDog. I've seen loads of BrewDog on, uh, Brew on LinkedIn Dog. and they've, yeah. they've done an apps. I mean, they've done a fantastic job. And then talk about personal branding, you know, mm. he's done a great job. Yeah, they've just, they're have they a brand that have just gone off the scale now, haven't they? But they they know their customer inside and out, don't they? Yeah, well, the fact is also, if you think about, you know, it's consumer branding and people will be like, well, we don't do anything on LinkedIn. But actually, he's all over mm. LinkedIn and it's fantastic what they've been yes. doing about their sustainability and how they're building kind of greener businesses mm. and how, you know, they're still remaining cool but being very corporate. Yeah. And I think that that, you know, that's lesson I think there for um, small businesses as well. We might be like, well, actually, why should I do stuff on LinkedIn? It's like, well, because 
you know, people still care about your business. Exactly. And BrewDog started as a small business, didn't they? They did. You know, so look at where they are now. And they're not taking their eye off the ball, like you say, are they? They do. Fantastic. Amazing. Well, Luke, thank you very much for joining us. It was brilliant to speak to you. And, you know, everybody get following Sleeping Giant Media and any digital marketing inquiries you have send them your way and keep us posted on the staff i hope everything goes well with the future layout and congratulations when it's your, it's your birthday in a few weeks did you say it's yeah it's, i think it's the 24th of september i should know this shouldn't you I? Should but i think really it's the 24th um <laughs> when we were officially incorporated um so yeah and we'll be 12 years old amazing well congratulations you know it's a it's no um mean feat get, getting this much. many years under your belt so huge congratulations and we will see you soon thank you so much Brilliant. luke cheers karen So that was a fantastic chat with Luke from Sleeping Giant Media. Thank you again, Luke. Um, It was really insightful to hear your business story and how you've got to where you have got to. Um, There's quite a few takeouts. Now, I've got producer Ben here, as usual. Hello, Ben. Hello. Um, And I think for me, the biggest thing was about empathy. And I think Mm. at the moment, sometimes we can be so in our own world, can't we, that we maybe don't have that empathetic head-on sometimes in in terms of what our clients are maybe going through and how they're approaching things and and all the stresses and the the worries that we've you know people are carrying around with them at the moment so I thought that was a really powerful way of thinking and reminding us you know that decisions happen for very various reasons at the moment yes yeah I think it must be um something that is on the minds of so many business owners uh, and managers and businesses big and small you know and whether you're being empathetic to your employees and your colleagues or whether it's to your clients Mm. and your suppliers I mean there's all these different layers and and directions Mm. of of that empathy aren't there and I think that I guess um, when people talk about COVID being a bit of a leveller although a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues around describing it like that um, mm. uh, there is one way I think that it does level which is that there is this need for empathy um, and I yeah. think I think as soon as you can start spotting a local business or a small business that is doing that is doing that naturally I think that's where you're you know that business is onto a winner um, and it's like what he was saying about his hairdresser um, and the fact that, you know, he helped them out by doing a little review yeah, saying... Yeah, um, that's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't cost anything either. It's just a bit of your time. No, but it really, really makes a difference. I mean, I mm. recently went camping to a place uh, where there are a couple of local pubs and looking mm. around on um, Google Maps and finding them, it was a place I didn't really know that well. I 100% went with the one that had reviews that said, that were recent reviews, and they said, um, beautiful country pub, uh, but also safe and COVID mm. friendly. So it had that that, yeah. that word, and that was another takeaway I was going to mention is the COVID friendly thing. Mm. Obviously, that is a very current thing, uh, but who knows how long we're going to have, you know, with, with this being a factor in our decision making. And the other pub didn't get a look in. Now, we might have rocked up at the other pub and it might have been amazing, you know, but mm. the, how, how are you supposed to know? So I think yes. what, what Luke was highlighting was, is so important for any businesses out there that maybe there's scope to do a little bit more of that. Um, and and that's, mm. that's all fits in with that whole sort of local SEO thing, which I think is an, another one of our takeaways. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we've, we've talked about SEO on the podcast before, haven't we? And, you know, that there's, there's an, a need for it, but maybe it's not a massive focus at the moment but what Luke was saying I thought was really interesting about local 
SEO and how, you know, you know your local area more than anybody. And you can really capitalize on this at the moment with your customers and your initial surroundings and making sure you're really tapping in to that radius, you know, because like Luke said, a lot of the big brand and the big boys won't be doing that at that micro level yeah. where you've got as a small business owner, the opportunity to. Yes, that's such a, it's such a good point that I don't think I'd really considered. And I think particularly um, businesses in hospitality, mm. um, you know, like he met, like, like I was just talking about pubs and, and, and maybe restaurants and stuff. Yeah. That, that's going to be such a huge thing. And he also mentioned um, Brewdog. And maybe Brewdog has a way of making it feel like a sort of local business because I think they're very clever about how yeah. they do their local marketing. You know, everyone, everyone can take a, um, a leaf out of that that book and that putting that focus mm-hmm. on local SEO for, for that reason, I think seems to make a lot of sense to me. Definitely. I think the brand, the big brands that, that don't forget about local, local are the ones that do very well. Got it. So what a great chat with Luke. Thank you so much again for taking the time to do that for us. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Please give Luke a follow at Sleeping Giant Media and check out his website, which is sleepinggiantmedia.co.uk. And please do share and talk about this podcast far and wide. And we'll be back with a new one very soon. Here at Small Business Britain, we have two campaigns underway at the moment, which is fantastic. We are celebrating, firstly, our Small Biz 100, which is celebrating 100 small businesses in the lead up to Small Business Saturday, which is taking place on the 5th of December. So please do check out our social media and give them a follow and a like. As well as that, the F Entrepreneur campaign has launched its applications for the next I Also 100, which is a campaign that celebrates and champions female business owners that are living their I Also life, which is doing several roles, wearing many hats and doing so with aplomb. To find out more about both campaigns, please do give them a follow on social media it's small business saturday uk and f entrepreneur don't forget this is the last episode in series one but we are back next week with series two and we can't wait the small business britain podcast was hosted by karen campbell whose website is karencampbellmarketing.com the producer editor and composer is ben lloyd evans of ble production you can find out more at bleproduction.com Stay up to date with us at smallbusinessbritain.uk.